0: Coming up on Stu Does America, Glenn Beck drops by to uncharacteristically deliver some terrifying predictions. Jimmy Kimmel keeps trying to be a comedian, but uh, making fun of dead people just isn't the best approach necessarily on that one. And with his recall election getting closer, it's worth going over all the dirty details of the California governor's time in office. It's been a delight. So let's do Gavin Newsom. Stu
1: Does America.
0: The California recall election is ongoing mail-in ballots for everyone. Right now, Gavin Newsom is holding on to a very slim lead in the polls. Here are a uh, quick look at what we have going on right now. This is from 5:38. Uh, Suffolk University uh, has it uh, 59 to 41. Uh, Trafalgar's got it at 53, 43. YouGov at 58. And uh, Public Policy Institute uh, was at 58 as well. Uh, the, the number, the, the, the gap between the two numbers is not all that important. Uh, some of these polls, because they're like, oh, he's up by 17 points. He should be fine. In reality, like it's just 50 percent. So it doesn't matter what the other side is. It's yes and no. There's only two sides to it. The undecideds will wind up having to vote when it comes down to it. And, you know, if he's, he's the average, I think right now is 54 percent for uh, Gavin Newsom to hold on. If 4% of people change their mind, he's down a tick below 50. And then it goes on to the second question on the, the recall ballot. Now that question is basically, hey, which one of these 40 some odd people do you want to be your governor? Whoever gets the highest percentage out of that group wins. If Newsom is recalled, then likely conservative talk show host Larry Elder would almost definitely become governor. He has a huge lead among that second, second uh, question, uh, as you can see, uh, and he's, you know, he's running away with it, basically. Uh, a very big lead at this point, not really a close call. And honestly, why wouldn't he have a huge lead when he has campaign commercials like this? The more experiences I have, the more beautiful life becomes. Mm. I believe we're never too old to set a new goal or dream a new dream. We all know that life is full of obstacles we must navigate. But if we're not at our best physically and mentally, it makes it even more challenging. Only you can do it, but there's nothing wrong with asking for a little help. That's why I take Relief Factor. If you suffer from aches and pains, Relief Factor can help like it did for me. That's not a campaign commercial. That's a Relief Factor commercial. That is the single greatest back pain commercial in history. Just give this guy the governor's mansion, or actually give Relief Factor... The governor's mansion at this point in fact i will say this i've looked at a lot of gavin newsom over the years give me anyone else for governor yeah that's why we came up with these mugs initially you know what really gavin newsom's there i'll take anyone else for governor StuDoesMerch.com is a place to go to get those it, it, and it doesn't just apply to gavin newsom anywhere you have a crappy governor you can have this mug anyone else for governor great mug great t-shirt but booting a democrat in california of all places is not going to be easy The recall has largely focused on the job Newsom has done with COVID and where he was eating dinner while he was not allowing you to leave your home. But I want to take you inside California's COVID response for a minute for a story that nobody is talking about. As COVID-19 approached, California's Department of Public Health could have been led by an infectious disease expert who saw the pandemic coming long before almost anyone else in the world. But instead, Dr. Charity Dean had been demoted by Gavin Newsom because of the color of her skin, or lack thereof. It was an optics problem, according to a senior official in the Department of Health and Human Services. Charity was too young, too blonde, too Barbie. They wanted a person of color. Instead, Newsom chose Dr. Sonia Angel someone completely unfamiliar with the inner workings of the state and completely unfamiliar with infectious disease but she did have one thing that dr dean did not dr angel identifies as latina Mm. this is one of the many gavin newsom related scandals highlighted in the premonition it's a pandemic story uh, by michael lewis and that really honestly deserves a little bit of scrutiny as California decides whether to allow Newsom to continue to make disastrous decisions that affect the people of California. Angel would begin her stint running the department, assigning the highly qualified dean with menial tasks like programming the clock on her office phone and finding a new dry cleaner and hairdresser for Angel. As the pandemic neared, Dean was modeling the spread of the virus on a whiteboard. Angel told her to erase the drawing so that the office staff wouldn't be scared. Quote, I started to say, uh, say that this could be a big deal and we should put a plan together. But Sonia didn't let me finish, recalled Dean, as highlighted by Michael Lewis. She cut me off and said, if this is a real thing, the CDC will tell us. Well, I don't know if anyone noticed it was a real thing, though you would not have known it at the uh, offices of the Department of Public Health at that time. Angel went as far to ban Dean's use of the word pandemic around others. In late February, four days after the first suspected case of community spread of COVID-19, Angel, the handpicked choice of Gavin Newsom to head the department, held a conference call with other health directors in the state. Instead of informing them of the very real and approaching danger, she told them, quote, I'm not at liberty to share the details of the case according to one of the health officers on the call. Now, there are no rules to prevent this sharing of information among health officials. The contacts could have been traced. Cases could have been prevented. Lives could have been saved. One local official said it, quote, betrayed a complete lack of understanding of what was meant to happen between state and local health officers. She botched it right out of the gate. From that moment on, no one trusted her. Angel then pursued what can only be described as an incredibly high-stakes recreation of the movie Mean Girls. She would leave Dean off of important emails. She wouldn't include her in meetings. She prohibited her from talking to local health officials, and she didn't even invite Dean to a briefing of the governor of the state on the, of the response of the virus. But Angel was drowning. Her expertise was not pandemic response. What won Angel the job, as Newsom would later acknowledge, was her expertise in health equity and the fight against structural racism or historical disadvantage, as she calls it. At the last moment, the morning of the briefing of the governor, Angel said she couldn't make it, forcing Dean to step in. Angel became invisible inside the pandemic response. Paul Markovich, the CEO of Blue Shield of California, was perplexed by the entire situation, as quoted in the premonition. There was something seriously awry. It was pretty clear that Dean was running the show, but like, wait a minute, she's the assistant health officer? She's not the head health officer? Where's the head? He asked around and learned that the head health officer was a woman named Sonia Angel, but he never met her. It started to be impossible to miss, said Markovich. This is the biggest public health crisis ever, and she's nowhere to be found. So it was Dr. Charity Dean who pitched an early opportunity to be involved for California in the genomic sequencing of the virus directly to Gavin Newsom. The sequencing could have provided a bounty of information for scientists all around the world, kind of important in the middle of this thing, particularly as the dangers of a new variant appeared later on. All of this was going to be supplied at no cost to taxpayers. What an incredible deal. But Newsom couldn't get it done, despite being handed to him on a silver platter. Quote, it went into the bureaucracy and never came out, said a person close to the process. The situation eventually became completely untenable for Dr. Dean, as the allure of finding her boss's new tailor apparently was not enough to keep her from resigning. Dean was eventually asked, to formally lead California's pandemic response, but only on one condition, that her efforts would be hidden. Angel would instead have to remain the public face of the operation, despite the fact she wasn't doing anything. Appearances had to be maintained. Considering appearances were so important to Governor Newsom, this shouldn't be a big surprise. In August of 2020, in one of his many many unending press conferences, Gavin Newsom made a public show of hope, pointing to a decline in cases and hospitalizations in the California data. Problem? The decline was false, helped along by a computer glitch, causing the absence of hundreds of thousands of entries in California's records. Finally, once he, Gavin Newsom, was personally embarrassed by the department under Dr. Sonia Angel, Newsom accepted her resignation. He said, quote, We are all accountable in our respective roles for what happens beneath us or underneath us, was his quote. This quote should echo in the heads of every California voter as they cast their ballots. Most conservatives who are frustrated with Gavin Newsom's pandemic response are rightly critical of his massive overreach and incursions into the lives of Californians, along with his blatant hypocrisy. All true, but it's also important to remember that he's also just really bad at his job. Dr. Dean's vision of pandemic response would likely be too harsh for the right and too lenient for the left, but at least she was qualified to execute it. When faced with what would wind up being the most important decision Gavin Newsom would ever make as governor, he chose wokeness over competence. He then worked to hide the mysterious absence of his lead health official in the middle of a global pandemic and then had his cronies attempt to cover up her incompetence. Dr. Charity Dean wound up leaving her job. So did Dr. Sonia Angel. Now it's time for Gavin Newsom to do the same. Think back. Think of everything you've ever browsed, searched for, watched, or tweeted. You weirdo. I don't know what you were searching that one night. <laughs> I hope you deleted your history after that. Now imagine all of that data being crawled through, collected, and aggregated by third parties into a permanent public record. Your record. To keep your data private when you go online, you got to go with Ex- ExpressVPN. Look, all these big tech companies, we blab about them all the time, we complain about them all the time. But they're out there and we keep using them. If we don't use ExpressVPN, they can see all of your data. They can harvest it. Data harvesters use your IP to uniquely uh, identify you and your location. But with ExpressVPN, my connection gets uh, rerouted through an encrypted server. And my IP address, as yours can be, is masked. You don't need people to be looking at what you're doing. It's your business, not theirs. Every time I could turn ExpressVPN on, I'm giving a random IP address shared by other customers. That makes it way more difficult for third parties to identify me and harvest my data. And the best part is ExpressVPN is easy to use. If it was hard to use, I wouldn't use it because I don't have any ability to do things that are difficult. However, ExpressVPN makes it easy. One tap and you get protected. So if you want to make sure your data is actually your business, Go with expressvpn it's the number one rated vpn on the market expressvpn.com stew Get three extra months free right now e-x-p-r-e-s-s-v-p-n.com stew go to expressvpn.com stew right now to learn more this should be an adventure joining me once again in studio is the man himself glenn back glenn's newest special airs tonight 9 p.m eastern right after this little stupid show, so be sure to check it out. It's Biden's Middle East Chaos, Our Dangerous Path to the Next 9-11. Glenn, welcome back. Thank you very much. Uh, It was on this program, you may remember this, just a week ago, where you came in to do this interview immediately following a briefing uh, from the Nazarene Fund on uh, your efforts in Afghanistan. Couldn't talk about it. Could not talk about the details, but there was a, I would say, an overwhelming uh, emotional anger Mm -hmm. um, that permeated the interview. Yeah. Uh, A lot of people were talking about it. Mm -hmm. And now we sort of know some of the details, at least, about what actually happened. Well, let me tell you what is
1: now out in the ether um, thanks mainly to Newsweek magazine. We begged them not to report this because you don't want numbers out, you don't want details out, but now they're everywhere. So um, let me tell you what happened. Uh, we had four planes on the tarmac, all loaded, ready to go, 140... Uh, I think the article said yeah, 143, 143, but I don't, we don't know if that's yeah exactly accurate. Um, and there are... Uh, some of those Americans, a smaller number of those Americans of that group were on other planes, two other planes. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we had a lot of people on the on the plane. We were flying planes out of this airport. The Taliban hadn't figured it out yet. Uh, then the State Department got involved and they decided that they're not going to issue us any landing permissions anywhere. Um, We had countries lined up, ready to take these people. Nope, not going to not going to give you any landing permissions. Um, It went on and on and on. We spent all day Tuesday, last Tuesday, uh, on the phone with senators, congressmen. They were up in arms uh, and it wasn't just Republican senators. There were some uh, big Democrats that were involved as well because they had people on our planes. And um, and so they were calling the State Department all day, all night, yelling at them, saying, you what are you doing? What are you doing? Let these planes take off. I went to bed Tuesday night thinking that that was going to do it. I mean, who's going to argue with the senators and the congressmen? Well, Biden and the administration. Um, So when I got the briefing yesterday, what I or last week, what I found out was uh, that not only did the planes not take off, they had everybody deplane and take their passports and their paperwork and go back into the terminal and hand it all over to the Taliban. They were told to stay in the airport. We didn't tell them that. That would be a very bad idea. These are all the people that are marked for death. Mm-hmm. Um, they went into the airport, they turned their stuff over. Many of them left They're back in safe houses. Not all of them. Some of them are in safe houses. We don't know what happened to everybody else. These were people that were in hiding and we had to smuggle in. I mean, there were, there were teams on the ground that had to get around five different checkpoints. I mean, it was an elaborate operation to get these over a thousand people onto that tarmac and onto that plane. It was the state department's fault. Um, The state department then gave the information to the Taliban, inserted itself into an operation that was already fine and being done. Um, Because of that, uh, those people, they will, some of them will die. I'll be shocked if everybody gets back onto that plane. I'll be shocked if a thousand of them get back on that plane. Um, and when we were on the phone after your show, we said, what are you doing? What are you doing? Mm-hmm. And our State Department guy, who's negotiating with the State Department, was on the phone, on a speakerphone, with one of the heads of Mercury One listening in, and uh, he, they said, you don't have the right paperwork. And he said, what paperwork are you asking for now? Because we have everything vetted and everything goes through. Um, what paperwork do you want us to have now? They need to fill out forms. What forms? You can get them at the embassy. There is no embassy. And the person's response, and I quote, <laughs> well, I guess you're just going to have to figure that out yourself. This the is- question was, are you mocking us? You're just going to have to figure it out yourself. Good luck.
0: It's hard to believe that they would do this. Now, it, 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 uh, maybe people wouldn't believe you. Now it's been reported all over the place, at least bits and pieces. And not from us. And there's, Not a single no. not a single source on this story is from us. No, because the priority is clear, I think, with you and your organization. The State Department, at least in, in some of the media sources, are trying to say, It's not them, it's the Taliban. The Taliban is holding the planes. It's not true.
1: Now, the Taliban now is probably holding the planes. But again, it is the State Department. I had a briefing this Sunday, just two days ago, three days ago. um, On the briefing, I said, what is the deal with the planes? Don't worry. They're talking fees, okay? Not bribes, fees. They run the airport. Well, every airport sets its own fees, okay? You know, $5,000 to land this size plane, $20,000 to land that size plane. Um, And they were setting fees. The Taliban were setting fees. We weren't negotiating Cam Airlines, which is a regional jet over there. It's like, you know, American Eagle. Yeah, it's the most popular private airline. airline in Afghanistan. Right, okay? So. They they are paying fees at all the airports. They were negotiating. The State Department inserts themselves in this. Okay, now, Cam Airlines, an Afghani airline, is not negotiating. Now, Big Pockets Uncle Sam is negotiating directly with the Taliban, well, that incentivizes mm-hmm. the Taliban to ask for a lot more, ask for a lot more. Right. God only knows what we're negotiating for now with the Taliban.
0: It's like if you got your foot run over by a, you know, a Honda Civic or a Elon Musk in his Tesla. Right. Like it's a big difference as what you ask for. Exactly. For right. that particular injury. Exactly. right. Um, so I guess I think the biggest question that people would have here at this point is why. Joe Biden is having a lot of trouble with Afghanistan politically. His approval rating is tanking. He should be incentivized beyond the idea that he's also the commander in chief of the the military. He he should want people Mm. to get out. Mm -hmm. Why on earth would they be stopping this?
1: Because you don't want those stories being told on being trapped there. And they're going to be told. What is it like being trapped there? They
0: wouldn't be trapped there if they didn't step in. Right. Wouldn't these people have been they'd already be out of the country a long time ago. Yeah. And yeah. If they stepped in and stopped this. And now they're going to create these stories. I
1: think that they don't think these things through at all. I think there's a couple of possibilities. One, incompetence. But I mean, incompetence on a massive scale. Which you can't push by the Biden administration or the State Department. OK, possible. So, so um, incompetence um, along with. Not caring. They just don't care. And that's supported by the laughing and the mocking. Correct. Mm -hmm. So this is a game to them. They don't really care. All right. They're not really should have gotten out earlier, I guess. You know what I mean? That's possible. That's the worst DMV you've ever been in. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, So that is possible. Coupled with the people at top don't want anyone to look bad. So stop these planes from going out because the 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 few people that have gotten out the state department is now taking credit for even though it was you know one of these ngos that is helping and doing all the work they're just saying here's the paperwork we got them out okay the other is and i think this is becoming um more and more the reality at best, these people see an end of the United States of America, the end of the American empire. Okay? They're just managing the decline. It explains why they don't care that China is taking the airport now, Bagram. It's why they don't, they're not renegotiating the Kosovo agreement, which took forever to get. and It was a miracle that Donald Trump got that done. It's why the Middle East is on fire again. It, they're just pulling out. Because America is done anyway. We're not going to be the world leader. We shouldn't be the world leader. And America shouldn't be trusted because we're not trustworthy. So just pull everybody out. It's over. And I think that's the most likely scenario is that these people believe the American uh, age
0: is over. So let's just get it done with. That is incredibly depressing and also uh, very plausible. plausible but also against his responsibilities as president i mean oh yeah uh, how i mean how does anthony blinken for one survive this with his job he's not he's not anthony
1: blinken is going to be out Um, you think yeah bloomberg or uh there's another one that's kind of Sniffing around it right now, but Bloomberg, not Bloomberg, um, Blumenthal, Blumenthal, Blumenthal is uh, as, as a replacement for secretary uh, of secretary of state. Secretary of state. Mm. Yeah, you'll see Blinken you is going to take the fall, but Blinken shouldn't be the only one. But he's does bear a good
0: amount of responsibility. Oh, yeah, but here. it is. I mean,
1: I will tell you, not from any of my contacts, but from all the partners that we have talked to and all the people, NGOs on the ground that we're not affiliated with at all. They all say the same thing. State Department is the biggest
0: obstacle, but it is being run right out of the White House. So this is I mean, because Blinken is the right hand man, essentially. Certainly, they're much he's much closer. Biden is much closer to Blinken than he is Kamala Harris or anyone else in that administration. Kamala Harris. I mean, you know, you think of these two, a vice president and a president working together. But Blinken's the guy. I mean, arguably Blinken's the president of the United States at times. Yeah. Yeah, I think often so. times. Yeah, I think I think Susan
1: Rice is probably Susan Rice. She's probably more the president of the United States than anybody else right now. I mean, and if you look at Benghazi, I talked to Mark Geis today, he mm-hmm. was Oz and you know in in the Benghazi nightmare. Same people did Benghazi are running this. Same exact people. And it's the same thing. Leaving people behind, not using any resources when it's really easy. It's run by the State Department, not by military. They keep all the military at bay and then deny, deny, deny
0: hmm. that. I mean, that's this. So what do people do now? Because obviously they gave tens of millions of dollars to for these efforts. We know.
1: So if these planes move, I'm told that once we get planes flying, there is such a backlog now of people that once we get them flying, we will burn through, I was told, quote, burn through $30 million in lightning speed. <laughs> um, and that's because these planes are like $750,000. Yeah. I don't that know exactly. In, but that was that, in the news. That was in the story. The Newsweek article. $750,000 per plane. Yeah. And I don't know if we paid for them each day while they're sitting there on the tarmac. I hope not. Um, but... Uh, Would not be surprised if the uh, Taliban had a plan for that. Yeah. Um, so we're burning... As soon as these planes, this is what I was told this morning, as soon as these planes are allowed to take off, we have eight to ten more that we can fill immediately and we will burn through that money. Um, The other thing is, is, even if these don't take off, the options now are incredible. I just had a conversation about some people that we are trying to save and I heard the options and I was like, is that even possible and they're like yeah but lots of people have to be involved and lots of money have to be involved and they all have to be almost one-on-one
0: so that's take groups still the way to do it right now if you could help the nazarene fund
1: biggest thing is i i haven't asked for any money until i got that briefing today
0: yeah i haven't heard you ask yeah i haven't asked
1: for any money 30 million dollars is a lot of money but they're concerned now that if they if they can even get these planes to fly. Right. Um, once that deal is struck with Uncle Sam, God forbid, we the, ugh, I can't even imagine what they're negotiating. But um, once these planes are unstuck, there's a backlog of people that are all ready to go. Hmm. And we
0: have the planes, but it's going to it'll burn through it fast. And you can do that through Mercury One org or the Nazarene Fund .org. Um, Before we leave, uh, we um, want to uh, coming up later in the program i want to open up the mind of the audience a little bit and expose them to your performance on radio today well, of lizzo's class i can't redo it i mean i'm not a broadway hack uh, i don't do two shows a day. No, i wouldn't ask you okay i wouldn't right. ask you for that yeah but this w- was deep deep performance <laughs> it was yeah do we owe you performance royalties oh, yeah, recording loyalty royalties yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That is yeah, something that is part I'm a
1: union I'm, I'm
0: You're I'm a big a union guy. I I know anything about you. I love <laughs> unions. Yeah. If you missed it, do not miss later on in this program, as we get closer to Glenn's big special, Lizzo. Uh, where the hell my phone. <laughs> Oh, you're going to love this. You're going to love this. Uh, You may just wind up putting it on repeat instead of watching Glenn's special, but give it a little bit of time. He put some time into it. And it is very important. It's a big one, actually, tonight. Uh, Biden's Middle East chaos, our dangerous path to the next 9-11. It's uh,
1: Rudy Giuliani is going to be with us. Mm. He's going to be talking about a little bit about what we should have learned and are not. Mm. Then uh, we also are looking at Iraq. What's coming our way? What is the Biden administration talking about now and its
0: horrifying. It will set the world on fire. Mm. Don't miss it tonight on Blaze TV. Join up at blazetv.com slash Stu. The promo code is Stu. That's how they know you like this stupid show and you'll save 10 bucks as well. Glenn, thanks for coming on. Thank you. Well, we just spoke to Glenn Beck and sometimes Glenn can provide very serious, hard-hitting analysis, uh, emotional, powerful takes on world events, things that can really move people. And other times, he goes right for the art. This is an artistic man. This is a man once rated the 100th most important person in the world of art. It's true. <laughs> we actually got that in a magazine one time. Uh, so on a recent trip uh, with his kids, driving in the car, they had a playlist on and a song from Lizzo uh, came up on the playlist and, and it, it moved Glenn because I think he thought he looked at the lyrics and he thought these are so profound. I want to make sure I can bring this to uh, my audience, which, you know, maybe isn't so connected to the culture that Lizzo is providing this incredible country. So let's take a quick break from all the serious, hard hitting news of the day and give you a, a burst of art as Glenn Beck performs Lizzo.
1: The Glenbeck Program is now proud to present Where to Hell My Phone Where to Hell My Phone Where to Hell My Phone Where to Hell My Where to Hell My Phone Huh? How am I posed to get home? Where the hell my phone? Where the hell my phone? Where the hell my, where the hell my phone, huh? How am I? Pose to get home. Okay, 2.15, and the lights come on. Where the hell my phone? Looking around like, where my phone? Looking where my homies went. Where the hell my homies went? Where the hell my homies went? How am I supposed to get home? How I'm posed to get home? Walking home with my feet on sore. Walking home with my feet on sore. What the hell are these Louboutins for? What the hell are these Louboutins for? Walking home. And it's damn near four. Walking home and it's damn near four. What the hell are these Louboutins for? What the hell are these Louboutins for? Yeah, I was getting it. Looking real cute. Up in the club, man. How do you do? Hair ain't a don't. Hair is a do. Oh, he fine. What up? With you. Where the hell my phone? Where the hell my phone? Where the hell my. Where the hell my phone? Duh. How am I supposed to get home? Where the hell my phone? Where the hell my phone? Where the hell. Where the hell my phone, huh? How am I supposed to get home? Ooh. Unlock that. All up in my contacts. Who unlocked that all up in my contacts? Who unlocked that all up in my contacts? Who unlocked that all up in my contacts? Oh, my God, why? There you go. That is wow, that the incredible. beautiful, uh, wow. mm-hmm. beautiful the only one clapping? I'm the only Robert one? Frost meets the Dukes of Hazard. The great Lizzo. And where did I oh, my phone? And a little the little late, a later night
0: than, than I was on the yeah. clapping. <laughs> By the way, uh, we found out later she was actually just holding her phone. That's where her phone was the entire time. So do you like a good snack? Do you like getting a a good sweet snack throughout the day, getting rid of that sweet tooth that you might have? Well, Built Bar is here for you. They are here with all the flavors, all of the flavors of the rainbow. Coconut, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, cookies and cream. There's a bunch of other ones. I know they have pistachio, I think, out now. You'll have to ask them about this. But the bottom, bottom line is they have nine flavors all the time. You can get the box, which is a mixed box. You get two of each of the nine flavors, which is a great way to get introduced to Bilt Bar. Plus they have all these cool flavors they introduce here and there. They're always doing something new. 180 calories, 18 grams of protein, only four to five grams of sugar and four to five net carbs. You're not gonna know that by tasting them though. They're delicious and your whole family's going to love them. Kids love them too. They're great to give to kids for a healthy snack when they want something sweet. Built.com, use the promo code Stu15. Stu 15 for built.com get 15% off on your first order. When you use that code Stu 15 and make sure you do it because that's how they know you like this stupid show built.com. The promo code is Stu 15. You can go to Stu does America to get links to social, to all the merch, to uh, all the the episodes of the show, including to YouTube and you can comment during the show live when we do it or whenever you watch uh, on YouTube. This one comes in on a story that we did about cats and if you miss the show you miss you miss one show you miss a lot because you don't even know what the story about cats is but it was very important to your future uh, but jesse had an interesting concept here and i think this is the right way to think about it my cat lives outside the dog stays in the house because if i die in my sleep the dog won't eat my eyeballs the cat Eh, not so much it's very true i don't i mean it's a little bit exaggerated i will say i don't think there's more than an 85 90 percent chance your cat will eat your eyeballs within 24 hours of your death so I don't think it's any, any higher than that. Uh, also, uh, make sure to give us a review if you would. Subscribe to the podcast. Download every podcast app and hit subscribe on all of them. Why wouldn't you do that? It costs you nothing, and it makes me feel good about myself. <laughs> think about that. Uh, five stars is the appropriate number of stars. However, this is the appropriate number of stars. Love the show, love your sense of humor and breaking down the headlines of what's going on in this crazy world. I talk about your show a lot to family and of course, five stars is the correct number for a review. That's true and thank you so much whenever you place a review that's good for us. It not only helps us, but it hurts other podcasts and that's the most important thing. We do appreciate it very much. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel uh, came back, I guess from a vacation or uh, irrelevance, I'm not sure, uh, and decided to do a, a little monologue And he I guess he was out for two months. Do we know? Did he have health problems? I'm not even sure. Um, But he decided to um, harass the audience about ivermectin, which is I mean, you want to talk about uh, just comedy gold. Just go right to right to medicine. Um, But anyway, he said um, he said that (laughs) I thought this is a pretty interesting um, comment because he's basically saying, hey, if you are uh, unvaccinated and you go to the ICU, Sorry, you should be left to die. Rest in peace, Wheezy, Um, which is interesting. You know, it's it's really fascinating how quickly the left abandons the idea of universal health care when conservatives or people who don't agree with them need the care. I guess that universal isn't quite as universal as you may have thought. Shocking. I know. Um, Now, let's talk about Afghanistan for a second. By the way, I got uh, this in. Brand new t shirt. I got me a new shirt. Here it is. The first one I've ever seen. Uh, there it is. Person of the Year, Islamic Emirate of Afghanistan, Taliban Joe. Mm hmm. A wonderful picture of Joe Biden. People will look at this and think, oh, wow, there's a good Biden fan. And then they'll get close and they'll read it and they'll know you've been mocking them the entire time. I think you'll enjoy it. You can get it at uh, TalibanJoeMerch.com. It's also a, a fantastic mug as well. Um, but if you think, You know, it's only President Joe Biden that screwed up Afghanistan. That's not true. It was also Vice President Joe Biden that screwed up Afghanistan. Uh, He was involved in the administration with Obama where they traded Bo Bergdahl for four prisoners. Uh, And it never seemed like a good good idea. There's some phrase that comes to mind every once in a while that we shouldn't negotiate with terrorists. I don't know. I think I saw it on a T-shirt at some point. Um, But... Uh, they uh, these prisoners now have ele- elevated themselves to senior posts in the Taliban government. So we, we freed them. And now they're doing wonderful, wonderful things for the Taliban. Now, I will say lots of people have released lots of prisoners in all sorts of situations uh, with the Taliban, including uh, the, the previous president and the, very much so the current one who decided to just let them have uh, release everybody out of a uh, prison on Bagram. uh, 5,000 prisoners, ISIS, Taliban, Al-Qaeda, and they're just running free and taking over the country. So things are going well. And this sort of all leads to something here. Janet Yellen is out. She's talking about how the U.S. is on track to default on our national debt in October. Now, this sort of stuff does come up from time to time. And the idea that we're going to actually default on our debt seems very unlikely. However, you try not to test that. What Yellen said is once all available measures and cash on hand are fully exhausted, the United States of America would be unable to meet its obligations for the first time in our history. Given this uncertainty, the Treasury Department is not able to provide a specific estimate of how long the extraordinary measures will last. However, based on our best and most recent information, the most likely outcome is that the cash and extraordinary measures will be exhausted during the month of October. Now, as you know, that's like weeks away. So, I mean, I'm not gonna worry about it right now, but it's something on the horizon. I mean, (laughs) weeks and weeks away from uh, financial collapse. But that's, again, way out on the horizon. Don't worry about it. Democrats are also jamming. Now you think, wait a minute, we're in the middle of like a a real problem here with the debt ceiling and and maybe uh, uh, abandoning our debts for the first time in our history. This is not the time to spend, let's say $3.5 trillion. But this headline will just set you straight. Democrats hit the gas on Biden's multi-trillion dollar safety net bill. Now, the issue here is they have to get this in. I'm not sure the exact deadline, if it's the end of the year or if it's a year from the previous reconciliation package. I can't remember the exact deadline, but they only have a year. to. They, they, it has to be in with a one year period. You get one of these per year. The covid bill was their first one. They only needed 50 votes for and they only need 50 votes for this one. Joe Manchin so far is saying uh, that he will not he's saying he will not spend 3.5 trillion he will not i don't think joe manchin is going to save you. he's been consistent so far hasn't screwed this up so far but at any moment they could either bribe him or scare him and then he'll be spending if it's not 3.5 it'll be what 2.7 we're all going to sit around and celebrate that we only spent 2.7 trillion dollars i mean i Look, I want to get it as low as possible, but I'm not exactly going to throw a party for that outcome. And all of this that we've talked about here is combining to this story. This is from Sean Trendy from Real Clear Politics, who notes Biden's job approval has entered dangerous territory. Uh, He goes through the history of it and we're a little short on time. I don't don't have time to get into all of it, but it's worth a worth a read. Sean's really smart and uh, one of the better uh, elections uh, analysts out there. And he's looking at these polls. He's been looking at polls uh, like this for a very long time. He often catches things that others don't. But I think like there's this temptation, I think, on the Democratic side to say, well, Biden had this rough stretch with Afghanistan. Is going to bounce back, turn around nice and quick. Doesn't normally happen when it happens like this. You start getting this far south this quickly, things can go awry in a hurry. And we'll see if that happens with Biden. But... If anyone's actually paying attention to the things he's doing, you'd think it would. Just like the host of the program, this podcast continues to grow. Yes, another record week for the podcast uh, this past week. Thank you so much for tuning into this stupid little show. I do appreciate it. It's getting bigger and bigger every single day. Again, just like its host. And I can fit in to all of the sizes now of TalibanJoeMerch.com. TalibanJoeMerch.com. Make sure to check it out and, uh, you know, I don't know, buy this stuff because it's funny. Okay, here's what happened. Remember like 15 years ago, we had a planet named Pluto. I remember it growing up. It was always a little one. It was going around really fast. We named characters after it and stuff. So it's floating around out there, and it's a planet the whole time. And all of a sudden, some guy just is like, "Hey, you know what? That's not a planet. Listen to me!" And we all did. Like I I never accepted this. Just like they're still the Washington Redskins, Pluto is still a planet. Okay, and will always be that way. But this guy, like, changed all of the textbooks and all of society by saying, oh, you know what, there's only eight planets, there's no ninth planets, no Pluto. Well, now, this same guy is back. You know what he's saying this time? All right, there's a ninth planet out there. I saw it. I swear. It's a ninth planet. He's saying there's another, not Pluto, but another planet that is calling Planet Nine because there's now another planet out there. This guy, if this guy changes his mind one more time about the solar system, we send him to Planet Nine. That's what we do.